Blog Talk Radio. It's Wednesday afternoon and we're excited to be on the air. Your hosts for today's show are Robert Brining and Jack McEnroe. They will be taking your calls and speaking out on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That's 347-215-9442. Welcome to Paz IM Radio. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Paz IM Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining. Um, thank you for tuning in. I'm joined by my co-host, I think this is Jack. Jack, is that you? You're calling yeah. a different number. I tried to text you and be like, I'm calling from a random number. I'm in a cubicle at my friend's office because I was like, last week or the last two weeks ago, when I was wandering around on the street, it was like a siren would go by every five minutes. So I'm like, I actually have a landline. It's crazy. That's good. That's good, actually, then. Uh, we won't have any static or any. But I wasn't sure, and I was like, is this him? Is this not him? Because I think we have John sitting on hold, too, so we'll get to him shortly. But I wasn't Excellent. sure which one. So um, how was your week? How was Fashion Week? Uh, fashion Week was crazy. I wanted to kill myself after, like, three days. Um, but, you know, it's like it sounds really glamorous and fun, but when you're working, it's it's crazy. But I got some good interviews. I got to interview... Um, Sierra, the pop singer, I got to interview a couple actresses from um, Royal Pains, I, just, I don't really watch that show, but um, I interviewed Tim Gunn, I interviewed Nina Garcia, I interviewed Christian, a bunch of designers, um, it was cool, and then I went right the next, on the day, the last day of Fashion Week, I flew to New Orleans for the No AIDS Task Force AIDS Walk, and, and, uh, and I, you know, I spoke about the Merck program, Living Positive by Design, and I walked on the walk, and it was great, and um, I really didn't have too much time to enjoy the city because they had me doing I – I did three morning shows and four radio interviews, and it was a hot mess. And it was literally a hot mess. It was like 90 degrees and super humid, and it was, luckily, like, they believe in air conditioning because otherwise I would have not been having it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, yesterday was my partner's uh, birthday, so we spent the day – you know, we went bowling, and there's just things that we don't usually get out and do spend time Yo. together <laughs> so it was nice we went out to dinner to this place he likes ribs so it was, it was very fun and you know the weekend went fast the whole summer went fast didn't it oh my god well we didn't even have one like the, the june was a wash in new york it rained 28 days and then so july and august like went by in the snap and like now it's the fall already so i gotta go to miami i gotta get a husband lives in miami <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully, y'all. We're having your friend on today, John Rutherford. I, um, I'm having issues with Blog Talk Radio. Are you? Or you're not on there right now? I'm not on there, no. Okay, let me bring him on before I lose the switchboard once more. Okay. John, welcome to Pause I Am Radio. How are you? I'm well. How are you guys? Hi, Good. Johnny. Hi, Jackie Poo. How are you? <laughs> so, just to give you guys a little bit of our history, I've known John since I was a sophomore in college probably so i was like 19 and, <laughs> and we met at a bar how how funny is that where did we meet i don't even remember at the stud yeah hello you were the first i remember it was i had just come out and i was working at a restaurant as a bartender in redwood city which is south of san francisco and i used to sneak out after the after we were closed and go up to the city drive by a little honda up to san francisco and go to the stud <laughs> And you were there dancing with two girls crazily on the dance floor, as Jack does. And I, was I remember. There. I do remember. Yeah. And I was sitting there with my beer, drinking probably my fifth beer because I was so nervous. <laughs> and here comes Jack saying, hey, you want to dance? And I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> and then I proceeded for like the next two years to throw myself at you, and you were like having none of it. <laughs> oh, Jack, I always loved you. What are you talking about? <laughs> Um, well, that's funny. Yeah, so we have a history. Yes, we is, do. It's a good history, though. So it's good. It is. The Diamond Height Queens. The Diamond Height Queens. And you know who just uh, friended me on Facebook is, do you remember Dave Aylard? Yeah, he just, I, well, you know, he wanted to be my friend, too. And I was like, who is that? I remember the name. Yeah, the, the Big Dave. Dude, yeah, he, was this, he, was, he was another in the closet. No, we called, we called him uh, Dave the Big Dish. Dave the Big Dish. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna message him today and be like, "Hey, Dave, the big dish." That's so funny. 
He's probably still out in Walnut Creek. Well, he's probably still in the closet. It's like a lady, oh, really. He was hot, but though. He was still hot. Yeah. Anyway. Well, um, <laughs> I think he needs to drop like 20 pounds, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jack. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, Robert, you're not going to get a word in edgewise, though. No, like, it's okay. I'm enjoying listening, and you're good. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You guys are fun. Well, I totally wanted to have you on because I honestly have, I mean, besides, like, we never get to talk anyways because we're both so freaking busy, um, and you can say fuck on here if you want. It's it's internet radio. <laughs> you can I say whatever that. you can say whatever the fuck you want. But um, um, I always really wanted to know how they, like, mediate and moderate and what are the rules are. I mean, because you're, explain, you're the owner of Colt. Right. Yeah. That it's, I mean, beyond, you know, you do movies and you have, like, a line of clothes and you have uh, sexual enhancement toys. And is there anything else you want to elaborate on? Like, I know if people can sign up for your blog. Yeah, um, I have a blog, johnrutherfordblog.com. Um, we're, we're actually building a brand new website called cultstudiogroup.com, um, where we're actually focusing more on VOD, which is where the business is going. As everyone mm -hmm. knows, DVDs are going down. And. People are watching their content online, so we're focusing on full-screen HD viewing for our members. That's our focus right now. Right. Now, that's smart. I think we talked about that last time I was in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but how, how do you deal with HIV in the porn industry? Like, what's, what are the rules? Well, let me give you a little history about myself, because um, I started at Falcon um, in 1989, and it's it's coincidental, but when I started at Falcon, the first scene that I was on was the first scene that Falcon decided to use, not condoms, but um, they, used to, they used to inject it in, into the anus to, to kill sperm, spermicide, because they didn't know at that time whether or not that, that would be sufficient to protect someone against HIV. And what year was that? Do you know? That was 80, 89, 88. Okay. Um, and that was one scene, and then the rest of the scenes we started using condoms. Um, so that was pretty interesting to be involved with that first monumental thing. Um, and then ever since then, we used condoms on every single scene. We never used, uh, we never shot any barebacking at all, and it was condoms from there on out. So I really haven't experienced, except for that one time, any use of um, unsafe sex. We, you know, we consider everyone positive. Um, just as it would be if you were going out into a bar or you're going out, you know, getting lucky or doing whatever you're doing, you always have to consider anyone is positive. And of so course. You, you don't do risky behavior. So do you um, don't you don't test any reactors and you know, it's funny you're asking because there is a huge thing going on right now, especially it, it started in the straight industry a few years back where that we they found that there was one of the the men, the straight actors was positive and he actually gave uh the virus to, I think, eight or nine women, and then it just kind of spread, and it created complete panic because in the straight industry, they don't, as most people know, don't use condoms. Right. Testing. Sometimes they do. They, sometimes they do. That's correct. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not everyone. But most of the studios, most of the big studios like Vivid and, you know, Hustler and all of those, they don't. They don't, they don't use condoms at all. Right. But they do, they do testing, which the gay community is the opposite. We do not do testing but we do use condoms. And obviously we have a reason for that, and that is that you know someone can get tested one day and then that night go out and have a really good time and then come the next day to the set with a little piece of paper saying, you know, I've got my document and I'm, I'm negative, but meanwhile can, could walk in with the virus. And, right. You know, we just assume that condoms are going to help us no matter what. Well, I also think it does a service to people that work in the sex industry because – you know, I mean, it's it's kind of in a way unfair to force you to get tested for HIV, and then, you know, I mean, then you're because of the stigma that's still associated with being HIV positive. It's like, right? It's like you wouldn't work, or people wouldn't want to work with you, and it's like right. as long as you're all protecting yourself, it's the equal playing field. That's a huge thing, you know. That's something else we think about too. Is that you know, what other place would you go to work for a job and have to bring in what your status is? You know, it's it's. It's not something you can do when you interview someone. You don't say, and meanwhile, how old are you, which is you can't do, and are you positive? Because I'm, I'm 28, and I'm negative. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just, can't, you just can't do that. It's not right. And I think you're, you're correct in that, you know, if we were to tell someone, for instance, a model, that this person was positive, um, 
rather than saying when we bring models in, we always say we would like you in your life, period, not just here, but in your life, to consider any of your sexual partners. Always think of them as being positive so you don't put yourself in risk. So while you're here, we're going to create an environment that's completely safe for sex. Right. And we're not going to ask you to do anything that will put you in a place where you feel that you're you know, in that risk. And if you are, come talk to me. Right. All right and, and, you're, and, John, you're using condoms um, for the uh, – do you call them actors or models? I don't want to use the wrong term. No, we use models. They're not much acting. Well, actually, there is acting. Well, yeah, there is. when there is, I'm fast-forwarding to that part. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, now with the Internet, too, it's like the Internet doesn't even allow us to have storylines, so it's just about scenes, scenarios. So it's models. Well, I was just talking with my partner before the show, and I, was, and I said, you know, models. Like, oh, I want to know what they do, if there's requirements for the models beforehand. And he's, I think they like to be called actors. And I was like, well, they're not really acting, are they? He's like, well, you know, they do the pizza scene at the door. So, But you just don't use condoms just for HIV. You use them for all STDs because that was a subject that somebody brought up today to me that, you know, that it's not just HIV that they're worried about with their models catching. It's also other STDs like, you know, um, herpes and HPV and things of that nature as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean, well, first of all, that's something else. I mean, HIV, we aren't you can't really look at someone and say, "Oh, that person's HIV." But if someone's got a red bump on their penis and, you know, they they have herpes or they have anal warts, I mean, we send them home. We don't we don't say, "Oh, okay, well we'll just use a condom." Well, because, also PS, that doesn't really look good on film. <laughs> well, that, Jack, like, that's, oh my that's, god, that was a hot scene with that guy <laughs> with anal warts. Makeup you know, powder puff comes in yeah no no uh that's pretty much the reason but also because i mean point blank is the model that has to work with them has to sit there and look at it and go right. oh, i don't want to suck his dick today because you know he's got a red bump on it and i've had that before i've had people come to me aside and say quietly like bring me aside and say oh john he's got little bumps all over his butthole and i'm like "Ooh, okay right. and then i have to bring him aside and say can you bend over please let me check it and yeah. Well, that's a, that's one thing that's funny because I, I've mentioned several times that I know you. I'm like, oh, yeah, my friend that owns Colt and blah, blah, blah. And everyone just basically assumes that you're sort of this, without knowing you, this like this lascivious sort of, um, <laughs> who's the guy from, from Hustler? Like kind of just cheesy porn oh. <laughs> guy. And I'm like, no, actually, it's hilarious because if you met him, he's the exact opposite. He's like, yeah. he's like, like kind of preppy and like, you know, very can like not politically conservative, but like just your like total yeah. business guy. And I'm like, he treats it like a business. If he asks a model to bend over and spread his butthole and like, it's it's just business. It's so yeah. funny. I'm like, how many how many sex scenes do you think you've watched in your life? Oh my god, I wouldn't even know. I think, well, I can only know that I the last time I recorded it was about 350 movies. So if you times that times so like 2,000. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. and you know what's funny though is that I, you know I get the same reaction if I tell someone what I do or if I you know we live up in an hour north of San Francisco up in the wine country and. You know, we just moved up here in November, almost a year ago, and we're part of the community here. And we have a little gay community, but we know a lot of straight people, and we we tell everybody what we do. And it's always that first reaction of, really? I mean, I would never have expected that because my partner Tom, who's my partner in life but also at work, who Jack knows. For how many years? Like many, many years. Yeah, nine years. We're going to be celebrating ten, actually, in June of next year. Awesome. Are you having a party that I can come to? <laughs> Absolutely, Jack. You're, hey, listen, every day is a party when you're around, honey. Hi, now, girl. God. I was in New Orleans, and I was here, and I was in Sweden, and I was, jeez. <laughs> I'm a busy little beaver, honey. i got to be I glamorous. Know. I'm an international jet-setting celebrity. <laughs> You've always been one. Whether it was just driving across the Bay Bridge from Berkeley to San Francisco, you were still a jet-setter in my mind. <laughs> Uh, we played everything on a smaller scale back then, but yeah, um, under, the, under, under the disco ball. Oh God, at the end up. Yeah. Um. So what were you saying? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Well, Robert you, was saying something. I'm sorry, Robert. I cut you off. I think. You did. Well, you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Anyway, so well, you're just talking about Tom and the wine country. Yeah. Well, Tom. Tom and I both. You know, we're in the community up here, and we do get the reaction. That's what I was going to say. Is that you know, Tom is even more conservative looking than I am. He's really cute and. You know, he's 
he looks like the All-American, and he just doesn't have that look. So people were very surprised to hear that we're pornographers, which I love to do because it's kind of that play on you know people's what they expect. Because I was one of those people. I used to judge the industry. I mean, I remember when Jack and I actually were at the Palm Springs, the white party, when we were little tiny gay boys, and we were down there, and Kevin Williams walked into this party we were at. I don't remember that, George, but Madonna's dancers were there, and we were all mesmerized. Yeah, by, totally. By Madonna's dancers. But then there was Kevin Williams, and I was like, oh, a porn star. I'm not talking to him. You know, because you have that thing about it's not good, it's dirty, it's bad. But actually, you know, I've been in this business 20 years, and I would have to say that most of these people that work with me are amazing people. Where else could you actually find a career that you're able to be completely out and out about your sexual, sexuality and your taste of sex? It's amazing. You're free. You're open. You're completely open. And that's great. Well, that is great. I, on, the, on the flip side, I mean, you have to – I mean, in any industry, in gay, gay people in general, unfortunately, there, there must be messes. There's stories of messes and people that go yeah. off, the, off the rails. And how do you deal with that kind of thing? Well, you know, it's funny because um, here's another thing. And my partner Tom comes from the film industry in Hollywood. He worked for there there for years until we purchased Colt together. He came over and worked full time. His his area f- is in finance, but he also produced movies, worked for Disney and Warner Brothers and all of this. And he worked with a lot of the major stars. And he told me something very early on when I first met him, and said, "This is nothing. I mean, what you're experiencing. You know, there would be a model that maybe overdosed or a model that." Um, committed suicide and you know the industry would, would just eat it up because oh, there's porn it's killing people but in actuality if you look at Hollywood and a lot of the people that are behind in front of the camera are hot messes totally. they're, even, they're even messier than porn stars I mean it's we're just a microcosm but if you look at Hollywood, there are people that well. The difference, I think, the difference is, is that those big celebrities and stars have a huge PR team that protects them. Exactly. Whereas, you know, these models that are working for, you know, one one hundredth of the salary of some of these big celebrities are like, you know, running a one-person show, basically. And that's just it, too. You know, the other thing I always tell people when they come to work for me is I always say, listen, whatever you do, don't make this your primary income. This is not going to be something, unless you have something extremely exceptional, where you can then put your talents into a business model. Like a 12-inch penis. <laughs> well, there you go. 12-inch, yeah, 12-inch penis, beautiful face, and a fabu body. I mean, there you go. Right. But also, you have to have the brains to back it up. Those are four elements that you have to have in order to be your own business. Right. And create a website and create a persona for yourself. But most of those people can't. Well, uh, aren't those two big boys from Cole's, Carlos and... Mar- Carlos and Adam. Uh, Carla, are they? They're kind of doing it, aren't they? They're doing really well, yeah, because they're very assertive and they're also businessmen. I mean, they, right. that's what I'm saying is that they actually have the element, they have the, the 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 workings of being business people. You know, no, I mean, I, every time I read your blog or you know, I I mean, I they're I think I'm connected to a couple of them on Facebook or whatever. Most and, and they're always you know promoting. I mean, you have to promote. It's a big PR. You know, you promote. have to you have to work hard. Yeah, in fact, they're opening up a store for us in Italy. They both live in Rome, and they have taken it upon themselves to be our – they're going to create a a site called coldstudio.it because Italians tend to only speak Italian. They want to build a store where they will sell all of our products throughout Italy, and it's going to work. It's going to do great, and they want to take it on. So I support them in that. Cool. Robert, Robert, I was going to say, Robert, it's your turn. (laughs) (laughs) one of the topics that was brought up on the on the network that we have um, with the radio show was about barebacking, and I know you said that you don't do that, you know, at, in your studios and in your movies. But is that throughout all the, the gay industry, or is that like what is your like basically what is your opinion? Do you think on on barebacking? Do you think it's something that should be out there, or? Well, here's the thing: it's it's really it's conflict actually because I've always believed that filmmaking on a whole is really creating fantasies. And, and the argument has always been, you know, what, who, what, which comes first? You know, does the community influence filmmaking or does filmmaking influence the community? And that's a real battle that people are having with. I don't personally judge anyone for doing barebacking because that's their choice. They can choose to do that. Um, I feel as a producer that, and I own the company that I feel my responsibility is to educate people because I know as a little gay boy myself 
when I first watched my first Colt movie or Falcon movie or whatever it was that I watched, that, that was really what I learned, how to have a sex with a guy. That was what I was learning. So I think it's really important to have that. Um, it's up to the producer and up to what they choose to do. I know that barebacking for a while, we were all very concerned because we thought that barebacking was taking a big piece of the income from us. And now with time, we were seeing that they're having as same issues that anyone else is having in the, in the DVD business. Their sales are down. And I think it was a novelty for a while, and I think it's starting to go down. People are noticing that it doesn't really make much of a difference. The sex is still hot. The guys right. are hotter, actually, if they have, in our studios, because a lot of the guys that are doing the barebacking, they're picking people that don't take care of themselves very well, and they don't look so good, and the lighting's not great. It's kind of amateur. Right. So it, it's, it, it's, I personally don't judge it. I don't recommend it, but I don't judge it, because it's like it's their problem. It's their thing. If they want to do it, they're well, also, they want to buy it. As, well, I was going to say, it's one of those things, like, any, if you want something, it's, got, it's out there. I mean, yeah. there's something for everyone. Everyone has different tastes, and... You know, I mean, you can't, it's a, luckily it's a free country and, yeah. um, you know, I mean, to, for the most part. Yeah. Um, I mean, people are getting their education, not just from us. I mean, they're hopefully getting it from the schools and from their colleges and from the community and things like that. That's where they should be getting their education as well as from watching our movies. But we're not the sole source to educate people on how to use a condom or not. You know, we're not, that, that's, that's not our responsibility in, in a whole, but right. we do contribute. So that's why I choose to do it. Right. Cool. And you also said something um, that that your student, where you're at, the cult does not do um, testing on their models. Is that something that's through all of the gay porn industry, or is that just cult studios? Is um, I guess. Your uh, well, there are studios. Um, I've heard. I don't. I know there's one studio called Next Door Buddies, who's actually a, a, they live up here near us, and we're partnering with them on the internet. They do use testing, um, and they use condoms. They do both. So they kind of double hit it. And um, they choose to do that, and it works. We now, are In, in so, that scenario, if someone tests positive, are they out? Like, or what happens? Actually, you know what? I think they are. I don't know the policy, but I think they are. Right. And, and I don't really agree with that. You know, that's really hard. That's really, I don't know. I just feel like... It's important. If someone's positive, it's, it's, I mean, I guess I've, I'm a little immune to it because I've been around for so long and had so many of my friends who are positive that it's just, it's just a part of life. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's no different than any other person's life. And right. it doesn't bother me. And I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't choose to not have sex with someone because of that. I would just choose what kind of sex I had. That's all. Well, of course. I mean, and it's an important message that you said before. Is you, everyone in porn and otherwise should assume that whoever they're with is positive. Like, even if it's your partner that you've been with, I mean, you don't know what... People lie. People, you know, it's like if you really want to be 100% sure that you're protecting yourself, only you can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, This is a weird question, and I don't know if you can even answer it, but um, sometimes on, like, CSI or it's on TV and whatever, there's... And they say that there's this registry of straight porn stars then it has their status like i've watched a couple episodes where they're like oh it has it's involving hiv and then they're like oh well let's look at the porn registry and they're like oh yeah she tested positive on someone is that completely fictional no they have that that they do have that because actually there's a company in la this is this is part of the conflict that happened after this um crisis through the straight industry there's a woman down in la that owns a, a non-profit supposedly agency and it's not non-profit because she makes a hell of a lot of money doing it she's the sole tester for the entire straight industry she makes a, a big living out of all these studios send their models to her to be tested she was the one who thought taking advantage of this thing to get into the gay industry and started making the gay companies test. She wanted some more money out of it. And right. she holds the registry. She holds this thing, and so I guess she delivers it to whoever whoever asks her for it, if it, whether it's OSHA or I don't know who it is, somebody who gets it from her. But she does have a list. Huh. That's weird. It is weird. It's almost like going back to, like, it's total discrimination. I mean, it's... I agree. It's like, what's next? You know, camps? <laughs> Come on. Right. Let's quarantine all of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I can see... It would be a really fabulous camp, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to design it for us, Jack. I know. I'll design it. It'll be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all for her. 
Oh, God. So, well, anyway. Send out a reminder to our listeners real quick that if you're listening on a, a player outside of Blog Talk Radio, you can join us live in the chat room uh, with other listeners at www.blogtalkradio backslash POSIM. And you can call in if you have a question for John or make a comment at 347-215-9442. And then, I, hey, Robert, after this is over, send uh, send the link to John because he'll post it on his blog. and. Everyone can listen to this hilarious conversation. Because <laughs> you can download, you can you can download it like an MP3 after the show's over. So. Oh, good. That's perfect. Yeah. I'll, I'll blast it all over. Yeah, blast it all over. Um, <laughs> In the world of Twitter. Yeah. Um. So what else? What else is going on with Colt? Um. Well, we're actually doing two really exciting things. We're doing a, a new product called Colt Firm, which is a hard-on supplement. It's kosher. And sure. all natural. It's kosher for all you Jews out there. <laughs> That's right. So it'll, go, it'll be able to export it to Israel. Um, we, and we, that's going to be coming out the next couple weeks. Can you send uh, me some samples? Of course. It lasts three days, honey, so keep yourself ready. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm real popular. <laughs> Still, though, to this day, Jack. Um, and then we're also doing, uh, we're expanding our underwear line and, and clothing line, which I talked to you about, I told you about. Right. Um, we also are doing, like I said, the website, and we're building new live cam type functionality for our for our cult men coming down the road so that people will be able to go in and just buy minutes so they can watch our guys and talk to them throughout the world because a lot of them are located like in Mexico and Italy and Germany and different and places. And all they would basically need is a webcam, right? And then That's it. Yeah, webcam. And they cool. just go to a site and talk to them and make them do f- funny things in front of the camera. Sure. Hot and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that way you direct. I know. And what if someone were interested um, in contacting you and you know showing them showing you their goods? Well, we have we have two ways of doing it. You can go to our website, and at the bottom it says "Want to be a Want to be a model." And there's a little link there, which is an online application, which you can just fill out the uh, application electronically and also attach photos. Uh, preferably nude photos, lots of nude photos, so we can. <laughs> you um, asked me to be in a movie a long time ago when you were hello, a Falcon. I, asked I don't you know if you remember. I asked you to be in a movie, but I asked to shoot you, and then I find out you're being shot by somebody else. I'm like, ah. Well, not new, like I never did anything pornographic, like. No, 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 no. But you were shot like with your lingling hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not very well. I'm not culty enough. I'm too. I'm too. I'm too. Oh, Nelly. you're hot. You're hot. Jack. I'm too Nelly. <laughs> no, we, just, you like, we don't make you. We won't make you talk in photographs. Just <laughs> as long as you're not talking or moving, that's fine. <laughs> it's like one of those flip books, like cartoon books. We'll just like flip photographs to make you move. <laughs> um, sure. Keep your wrist very it's firm. The very, that's the first cult photo doing a high kick. <laughs> Finger and high kick. <laughs> Finger yourself and high kick it. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, I was actually actually I was asking you to be in photographs. I wouldn't ask you to do a movie. Oh well, I mean, I think this was long before. It was before. Way before. Way before. This was like ten years ago or something. I so. know. Um. Well, you know, you got to rely on your friends. <laughs> well, I'm glad I said no. Actually, at the time, or I would have never know. gotten on TV. Scandalous. So that's good. Well, you would have had a hit on Perez Hilton or something. <laughs> oh, well, that's, hopefully that's not far off. I'm going to do something scandalous. Well, I can, get you, I can get you on Perez any time. Just give me something scandalous and I'll throw it at him. <laughs> I'm just really happy that they didn't have digital anything back when we were oh. young, youngins. Cause... Okay, you would have been everywhere. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would have videotaped you everywhere. Oh, my God. I would have photos from, like, just, yeah, not cute. <laughs> and thank God that all our little outfits and hairdos and all that stuff from the 80s and 90s don't exist anywhere, like, because that was not cute. <laughs> Although they are getting around. They are getting I know. Around, little, but... Miss, little Miss Jeff Horn, who, I'm sorry, we're going off on a tangent, but he scans <laughs> stuff and sends it to me every once in a while. I'm like, can you please burn that photo? Like, Really? <laughs> Yeah, he'll be he'll be bribing you for payment soon. I know, <laughs> blackmailing you. So funny. 
Sorry, Robert, we're just taking taking your show away. <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying and actually laughing my butt off. One of the things I thought um, I wanted to talk to you or, or bring up is, do you do something like, maybe you can implement this into your, your business, John, um, but like something like Netflix. Do you ever think of implementing something like that into your industry and like making, you know what I mean, like sending them to the home and renting them from you like that? Yeah, they're actually, we have thought about that. What we're working on, actually, is a burn-to-own. So, in other words, um, instead of a Netflix-type thing, you would go to our site, and for a, a fee, you'd be able to download the movie hard onto your hard drive and then have it there and store it so that you you know, you know own it, essentially. Um, so, so how do you keep people at that point from like buying it and then burning like ten DVDs and giving them to their friends? Uh, that's exactly that's exactly the issue, and that's kind of why Netflix, the, the whole thing about having Netflix giving so many DVDs for so cheap to people is giving is concerned about uh, you know illegal copyright. But that's a huge issue. You know, people are starting to you know like Apple, Mac just did that whole thing where now they're allowing you for a little more money to trade all the music around to all your friends. You know, people are starting to get not so nervous about sharing and duplicating because profits are going down, I mean, like crazy. I mean, this well, is, we're being attacked left and right. I mean, not just by comp- competition, but by free stuff, um, the economy. I mean, every single angle has really hit our industry. And I always consider that the music industry is kind of something where we need to look at because we're exactly the music industry, but five years behind. Right. Which, so I mean, Netflix is a good I mean, idea. I mean, yeah, I mean, the music industry is definitely, I mean, won't, you'll never be, have a Michael Jackson thriller where you sell 100 million albums. They kind of recovered right. because, you know, I mean, they kind of they kind of recovered and figured out a way to do it digitally. So I just think that's kind of the direction right. you need to go in. Well, and that's why we're doing this thing where we actually now can either, you can have a choice. You can burn to own, which is going to be more expensive because it's like buying a DVD. Right. Or you can go to our site and rent the scene for a minimal fee of two ninety nine or five ninety nine, which is kind of the Macintosh or the Apple, you know, iTunes thing. Right. Um, or you can join a membership and see all the movies you want for a flat fee. So right. That's, that's what really, I do. Yeah, and that's where we're going. <laughs> well, of course, that's the most economical and smart. Yeah, I just pay fifty bucks and it's like five hundred minutes or something. Fifty bucks. Okay. Well, I'm gonna raise my fee. <laughs> well, you know, honey, if I'm going to cold.com, I'm going to get a, some sort of special discount. I was gonna say, I'm going to get a celebrity whore discount, honey. They're going to think I'm a real good friend. I'll get you the friend discount, $50. I'm no sure. Totally. I'll give you the friend discount, like 5% off. That's what you mean. Because <laughs> yeah. Miss Rutherford is a cheap motherfucker, by That's the way. Right. She, she counts her pennies. Uh-huh. It's the Scottish and Italian mix. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. Cheapy cheap. That is funny. I never sacrifice on quality. No, you do, You don't, which is great. I mean, although I, I mean, I do wonder if, I mean, I don't. Tell me if you agree with me that the era of the, I mean, because those Falcon productions that you guys used to do. Oh, and by the way, John won has won like basically every award in porn there is to win. And, um, you know, I don't know how many adult film awards you have, like fifty. <laughs> like, but anyway. <laughs> Um. Yeah, you see oh, those. Oh, do tell. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, all, I've seen them all in your office, all stacked up like you know your whole wall of awards. But um, but no, I mean John, you were the 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 director and and at Falcon when it was in its heyday, and and you did those huge production num you know things that were were you know I'm sure like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to produce, which. You know, now they have, I don't even know, it's like you go, you click online and there's two guys sitting on a couch doing it and it costs like a hundred bucks to make, yeah. so. Well, I can give you numbers. I mean, you know, at Falcon, when we were making these big movies, we were taking a crew of maybe 10, 12 people, then 20 models, and we were all going to Paris and living there for a month. So we were spending three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 to make a movie for seven to 10 days, which is a lot in the, in the adult industry, especially the gay industry. Right. Um, now a budget is anywhere from twenty thousand to eighty thousand, and mostly in the middle of that. Right. Um, we're not traveling anywhere. We're 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 you know doing one location, and we're focusing on the scene. So you know, but then again, we used to make a lot of money then. I remember we used to move you know eight to ten thousand DVDs in the first you know few months, and now it's down to like one or two thousand. I mean, it's just really gone down. Right. So you have to do what you have to do. 
and we just don't sacrifice what the essence of what we do, which is sex between men. So that's the only part we don't shave off. The models still get paid more than they ever have. Locations just don't make as much, and everything else is down. But the models still make more, and we use the best. So that's what we have to continue doing. Right. Yeah, those days, I mean, we used to, you know, we shot movies in Australia where we drove from Sydney to Alice Springs and then from back to Sydney up to Cairns, and, I mean, that was like a two-month thing, just crazy movies, but a lot of fun and made some good stuff, but those days are gone. Yeah. Well, John, if you weren't working um, at Colt or running Colt, what would you be, what would be something else that you would want to do? Uh, well, I always, I always found, um, which is kind of why I got into this, I always liked advertising. I always wanted to be Darren Stevens from Bewitched. <laughs> I always <laughs> wanted to be the guy who, was the, who thought of the, the cool idea and, wanted to, and made it sell. So I guess advertising. I, always, um, I, I felt like when I, when I first started working for Falcon, you know, I was just this, like I said, I was in broadcasting school, and I knew Jack at the time, and we, I was out. Um, and. Yeah, and Gus Bean had a club, and it was called Colossus, and there was a Falcon star dancing, and Gus walked over to me one day and said, "Hey, I know you guys are in broadcasting school. Have you ever thought of, uh, have you ever thought of working for Falcon?" And I'm like, "No, I would never do that. I want to be a director in Hollywood." Seven minutes later, you're hired. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a, a, a few more drinks, and I'm like, absolutely. No. Um, but, you know, and then I got my foot in the door to pay my bills and pay my car payment and my insurance and things that I needed to do to have fun and be a young gay boy in San Francisco. And I started realizing that I could be a big fish in a small pond and really utilize a lot of the things that I'd learned in school in filmmaking and also in marketing and advertising. I mean, how easy, you know, sex sells, that's what we were taught all along. So I thought, how easy is this? I mean, God, we could just, we have beautiful people and beautiful pictures and great fonts and, you know, packaging and design and promo and marketing. And that's the, you know, that's, that's what I did. When I started working for Falcon, they weren't even using a Mac. I remember walking into the art department and there was a guy in the corner drawing all of the boxes out by hand. And I'm like, what's going on here? And the owner, Chuck Holmes, was like, Mary, that's how we do it. We've been doing it like that since 1972. And I was like, Okay, but we've got Macintosh now, and you can have a guy sitting over there saving hundreds of dollars, you know. So I kind of brought in the new technology and new way of doing things and uh, mixed the old with the new and came up with the you know, Falcon during the 90s, which is what I, when I was there mostly. Because you, I remember when, when we were kids, you... You did a couple commercials, like a pop yeah. commercial, or you were like working in yeah. like just regular old videography, and then and yeah. before you switched over. Yeah, I was working for Hewlett Packard, uh, the film, the HDTV, which was their in-house television department, shooting Talking Heads for like CEOs, Hewlett Packard, new new printers that were coming out fall of you know '87. <laughs> You know, really exciting stuff with great lighting and stuff, <laughs> and all these straight people. And uh, and I was also working like for Mervyn's commercials and Rice commercials and various things in San Francisco, just you know trying to get ahead. And uh, I just needed to find freelance work, and Falcon was one of those freelance jobs. And then I started making more money and getting more involved and making more decisions. And I love having that control and responsibility. And I just kind of worked my way up to eventually running the company. So that was fun. Now, I have a question that I always wonder when I'm – I don't really watch porn, but if I were to watch porn. <laughs> you, just do, you just do it in your own bedroom. Um, oh, I love, honey, I love porn. Let's, let's not, let's, no, no lies. Um, I always wonder – I'm like, because some of those scenes go on forever. I'm like, that guy must be getting tired because I'm tired just watching them. Like, some of them, sometimes they have to, sometimes they have to fuck for, like, it must be, like, hours on end to get the shot, right? Yeah, I mean, it's true. It, it isn't, it's all edited, but, yeah, I mean, I personally don't believe in working people too hard because, I, you know, like you said, I mean, the guy's tired. So what kind of sex can you get out of someone who's really tired? You need to get that moment, that flashpoint moment where it's like, whoa, you know, this is a connection between two people, and this is the intimacy, and then you've got to get it. So as a filmmaker, we have to figure out how to get the camera angles and get around them enough and fast enough so we don't lose it. It makes it look natural. Other companies will sit there and work for 10 or 12 hours and make a model get hard 
about 40 times throughout the day to get the shot because they stop and they go and they stop and they go and they stop and they go. Right. I just don't believe in that. We shoot a scene in about two to three hours. And if you compare our scenes with anybody else's, you can't tell that, you know, it took 12 hours to do one and three to do another. Hopefully ours is more passionate because it's no, right. quick. You know? Do you ever have, I mean, I'm sure you do, do, the, mo- do the, the models must get, like, kind of a final say in who they're in a scene with? Uh, you know, at Colt we do because we, we work mostly with men that are, you know, this is something that they aren't, they aren't doing this for a career. They're doing it because they want to do it, and they find that other guys that look like them, they want to have sex with them. So we do give them, you know, we show pictures to them. Um, for the buckshot line, which are younger guys, we don't. Um, because you're like here, you're you're having sex with that person. Go, sorry. <laughs> yeah, but we also ask them, like in the on the questionnaire, like when you fill out the questionnaire online, it asks you what kind of guys you like. Do you like blondes? Do you like brunettes? Do you like be a bottom or a top? Or do you like fifteen? Right. Like like fifteen? Do you like leather? So we pretty much narrow it down to where, you know, I've been doing it so long that I can talk you can to tell. Them. Yeah, right. I can talk to them for twenty minutes and figure out what kind of triggers them. Right. <laughs> Which is what I love about the business. It's my kinky huh. side. Uh, how do you? <laughs> we all know about that side of you. Yeah. Um, so, what? How uh, do you think it's affected your? I mean, do you think it's like, desensitized you at all? To I mean, because I think porn for some people it, it can become an addiction, and like anything else, and I think it desensitizes people to real sex. How do you think that's been? How, how you know influenced you at all? Uh, yeah, for me personally, it has, and it definitely has. It, it's like it's like if you're a chef, you don't want to come home and cook. It, right. I, you know, it really is. It, it, although you know, I, I say that, but I don't say it in a way where I'm not happy because actually, it's taught me a lot about looking further in for to people rather than just the outside physical. I know it sounds strange, but my whole life has been to build these people and create these fantasy men for other men. And so for me, visually stimulating is important because that sells and that, you know, it intrigues people. So what I find myself doing as I get older, especially maybe this is for everybody who gets older, you start to look more about how the person is inside. And for my own personal thing, you know, I'm not looking at looks. Of course, they're important, but there's a lot more there about how the person is as a person and what turns them on sexually and how they are in bed and how they, you know, stimulate me as a person. So that would be the only thing that I would say, yes, it's decreased my sexual kind of, you know, external uh, drive, but it's also increased my, you know, wanting to connect with someone like my partner, Tom, you know, we've just gone to a whole new level. Right. This has kind of taught me that. One, I do think (laughs) people that are obsessed with porn, like, Become, I mean, because that's a for for the most part, and especially in a in a company like Colt, all the men are you know nines and tens, and they have nine and ten inches, and like you know they're 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 not realistic to to a normal person to be or obtain or have sex with. So, I I mean I do you think. In, this, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate, but do you think you're putting out a, a marketing a standard that's unattainable, or I don't know? I'm just yeah, no, to throw it the no, pot. I, no, I, I <laughs> thought about that. No, 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 you've got you've totally valid question because I think the you know if you look at um, you know you hear about that all the time on TV, for instance, you hear about how you know they try to make African American commercials because too many commercials are too white and the African community African American community isn't feeling a part of that product, you know, like McDonald's commercials, they try to do families of black and white and Asian all mixed in together. Right. And it influences people and it makes them connect or not connect. So I get that. And I think, um, you know, I don't really think about that very much. I think about the, the, the priority for me is to please the, the viewer. So, um, you know, unfortunately, when you're watching a video, you're not really watching it to get to know the guy. You're getting it. You're using it to get off on that two or three minute time period. Right. You know, however long it takes you to to get hard and whatever turns you on, because everybody's got. For that time. for that 25 seconds, I am totally looking <laughs> living for that guy. <laughs> right. You wouldn't want to see like some guy that fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. You know, <laughs> that would take you hours to find out what makes him tick, and maybe he's got a good personality, but I'm we're sure. not in that business. You know? He is butt ass ugly, but he is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I like his laugh. 
<laughs> Make him laugh more. <laughs> you know. Oh my god, that's fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean the letters that we get, some of the letters we get from viewers. I mean, it's hilarious. Oh my god, I get, like share some. I can only imagine. Well, I mean, you know, it's always that kind of thing where they'll say one one letter. It's mostly letters, which is really funny. They don't come in emails. They I'm really like, P.S. Who sends letters anymore? Oh, like, really? letters in handwriting. And oh yeah, I get them. I get them too. Trust me. Oh yeah, like, and they're 14 pages long. <laughs> you know, and the ruler lines—they even put the ruler there when they're cursing, so that you know it doesn't go below in the next line. But, I mean, but someone, bless, bless their heart. That's I know. That's, that's old people. Like that's yeah. that's a pre, that's a prior generation because I actually have this weird pen pal that does the same thing who who's kind of obsessed with me, and he's very sweet. But I'm like, I can tell by your handwriting, honey, that you're like pushing <laughs> pushing 80. <laughs> well, and you know, God bless them because I have to tell you, not only did they send that letter in, but they purchased every one of our products. Right. I mean, and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right, so right. we answer every letter and we answer every email or any kind of correspondence we have because, hey, listen, these people, they, they love what we do. And so we have to say thank you because if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to sit here and do it. What's the weirdest email or, or letter you've ever gotten? Well, it's going to be, it sounds horrible, but I got this letter once from this poor guy who was literally an amputee. I mean, every limb was amputee, uh, amputated, and he was in a hospital bed, and he was hard. And he wrote a letter saying, can I be your next cult man? I, the last thing I'd like to do is be a cult man. And oh. I was like, I know. And I was, I wrote him back and I said, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't have what we're looking for. I mean, you had to be like, you have to be blunt sometimes because. Well, of course. Well, because you don't want to be, but you have to be. And that's what's really hard, too, is if someone's not attractive, it's hard to say to someone, listen, you just don't cut it. I just right. don't have that in me. I can't do that. So I try to. You make someone else do it. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, my talent coordinator. It's like, here. <laughs> Like, here, tell this person no. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I just had to tell him no. I had to say, I, I actually took that one myself because I just felt like it was, it was someone who had followed me from Falcon, too. And I get a lot of people like that who have followed me from Falcon. And that, to me, is, you know, loyalty is something that you, you really, you, you get from, you know, you, 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 you get it from people who, those are, it's valuable, not something easily to come by so right that's loyal to you and that to me means a lot so i always try to answer those people right away and then we get people who write in saying you know i would love to see um a shaving scene can you please have them only shave up don't have them shave down because what shaves <laughs> up and it's like okay you've really thought about this <laughs> I mean, right or can I see an enema scene? But make sure that the water goes in and it doesn't ever come out. I want to make sure I get a close-up. I mean, it's very detailed. Right, These people right. have it all in their head. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I want to just uh, bring it back a little bit back to, uh, if we could go over um, in the beginning, some people may have missed and they're just joining us and we're getting down to the last 10 minutes. I just kind of wanted to somehow bring it back to HIV just a little bit. <laughs> um, just so um, the, the people don't get the wrong impression out there listening. Um, I just wanted to know if you could just go back over what you do to protect your models for the people who may have missed the first half of the show and maybe just tuning in now towards the end. Um, you said you do use, you, at Colt Studios, you do make all the models use condoms 100%, but you don't do testing, right? We don't do testing currently. Um, you know, it's something that's in my head, but I would never do testing without condoms. Condoms are always going to be a part of the equation. Right. Um, and um, that's something that I would just wouldn't give up. So, yeah, always use condoms. We always tell people to consider, every model that comes to us to consider anyone that they work with, and not just people they work with, but anyone in their personal life that they choose to meet or have sex with, to consider themselves or to consider them as being positive. Just consider that and never do anything that puts you at risk. I think another thing that you mentioned earlier that was good is that you at Colt Studios don't do barebacking. Because um, a lot of people think that barebacking film kind of promotes, you know, barebacking out in the world and, and kind of leads to infection rates and stuff like that of all the STDs that are out there. So I think that's something that, you know, sets you apart differently that you don't show movies in that aspect. And I think yeah. that's a great thing for you. Absolutely. And, you know, well, we, could, we do get criticism because where we get criticism, which is funny, is that we get people all the time saying, how dare you show movies that have no condoms? And I'm like, 
I'm like, oh, I have to like, what do you mean? I mean, what are you talking about? And then they say, oh, well, you have this movie right here. And it's like, okay, that was shot in 1971. You know, and then I have to explain. And it's a difficult thing to explain because then, then it goes into, hey, guys, why don't we have a disclaimer at the front of these movies? We really should. We should have a disclaimer that says this movie was shot pre-1982 or, you know, whatever. And uh, before we knew that you could, you know, have HIV transmitted to one human to the next by using, you know, lack of using a condom, you know, some kind of a qualifier. So we started right. doing that with our pre-condom classics. And I know that when oh, I was you do? Falcon, <clears throat> we do. And I know that at Falcon when I was there, uh, when after Chuck Holmes passed away, his foundation gave a million dollars to the Gay and Lesbian Center here in San Francisco. And with that million-dollar donation, he was to receive his name on the outside of the building. And you wouldn't believe the phone calls that I personally got, hate mail and vicious people saying, how dare a pornographer's name go on our gay and lesbian center? And my response was, listen, what other businessman in the world received all, 100% of his income from the gay community and is giving it back? So how could you and, – and the reason why they were saying that was because we had movies that, rip, that showed barebacking. But that was all shot before, you know, anyone knew what it was. Right. So there was always going to be someone out there and there's always going to be a critic. But all we can do and all I can do personally as an owner of a studio is make sure the condoms are used and we tell everyone that exact thing, which is – You know, I think that's great. And if I were in your shoes, I think I would do the same. I just because of the fact that, I mean, testing I think is great, but if you're protecting yourself regardless and having safer sex, I mean, there's no such thing as obviously totally safe. We all know that. But, um, you know, I think if you were to do testing and then someone were stigmatized as HIV positive, it's it's still viewed as a really negative thing. I mean, even I think it's a little softer of a blow within the gay community and especially in the sex industry, but still it's like you're kind of blacklisted and it's not really fair. So. Yeah. Well, and there's a huge thing right now, just to let you know, so I, it's kind of funny that we're talking about this today because right now there's this really big movement within the California state government and OSHA, which is the organization that um, kind of dictates how businesses treat their employees and the work environments that they have. They're trying to come after the, the gay adult industry to force us to test people. And we're using all of our connections that we have to the different um, senators and representatives in California to fight it. Because not only would it do what Jack just said, which is discriminate, but also it adds a huge expense and time onto a business like ours. Because, I mean, you have to pay for these things. These aren't free. These tests are probably to $120, and now the model can't pay for that. The business has to pay for it. And it's not, not that I'm saying that's a bad thing, but it's just the basis of it is it doesn't do any good. It doesn't make it any better. It, it right. really means education. It needs to be education. You know, we're willing to do that as the gay adult industry. We're willing to tell these people, this is, what, this is how you get it. You know, this is how you can get HIV. This is how you put yourself at risk. We're not going to put you in that place. But it's, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about, and people need to know that the government is trying to come down on us and, and make us test people. You know, Do you some think, people it, think that? Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. But some people think that, um, you know, think the opposite that there should be testing done no matter what, just so the model knows because sometimes the models may not know what their status is because they don't ever get tested. What do you say yeah. to people who think that you should do that? Well, I mean, I, I, I think that it's your responsibility as a human to be, mm-hmm. to be tested. I mean, I personally get tested. I mean, that's just I get tested every time I have a physical, every time I, you know, every time I go to the doctor. That's my responsibility as a human. I mean, we, we should all be tested, but it shouldn't be dictated by your place of business. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, well said. Yeah, and it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be um, dictated by me. And then when I find out, say, oh, then you're not included. Then you can't make that thousand dollars to feed your mouth and put a roof over your head and have a car and have a life, you know. And that's what they choose as an income. That's their choice. That's not mine. They choose to come and work for me. I don't force them. Right. You know, it's their choice as a career. Who can say that's a that that their career now has to be cut in half? Or actually, they have to change careers because they're HIV positive. So now they're blackballed and they have to go find a different line of work. That's not right. right. 
Well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I would think, I mean, what do you think, let's say the government hypothetically does pass some law that says it's mandatory testing. Do you, I mean, do you think you would use HIV positive models knowing? I would. Yeah. Yeah, personally, I would, because it wouldn't change anything for me. Like I said, I consider all of my models positive. I don't, I don't think that anything's different. Right. So, you know, it wouldn't do anything for me. I wouldn't personally do that because, A, I couldn't sleep at night, and, B, because it isn't important to me. I, I, know, I know that what we're doing is safer. You know, obviously there's things that can happen. A condom can break, yeah, but a test is not going to stop that. Right. You know, that's just, that's unfortunate. And, right. and you know what, when they're in a bar at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're meeting each other, you know, anybody, and the, and the condom breaks, that happens there, there the too. Same thing, so, right. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's no different. We just happen to be recording it, right? You know, and we're all benefiting from it. The model's making money, we're making money, and the viewers getting off. That's that's the only problem that I think people are having a problem with is that it's it's a business, and that's therefore needs to be regulated, right? Where you know, in the pr- privacy of people's homes or when they're going out to bars, you, you can't really dictate that to people. You can just educate them. Well, right. we have to also educate people. Well said. Well said. I'm surprising myself. <laughs> Jack, You're so articulate. It's just it's real amazing. So smart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think that's, it's an, uh, I mean, you know, I didn't know how this whole thing would go. We didn't talk before, really. We're just right. like yeah, free-balling free, free it. But it's true. I mean, we've said this message before many times on Pause I Am. It's like, you know, every you should always assume that every single person you come in contact with is positive. You can only protect yourself. So, I mean, I think it applies to everything. It applies to your industry. It applies to life. Life. Um, and like you said, also, every, uh, I think, you know, you know, screw mandatory testing. Everyone should be doing it on their own. I mean, if you are in any risk group at all, heterosexual, gay, bisexual, anyway, you know, drug user, whatever, if, there, if you're, you know, in any scenario where there's possible you know that you're you're contact con, in contact with any STD. You should be getting tested. Like so, you know that's just the responsibility of being a person in society, a responsible person. So why don't you shoot a PSA and we'll put it all over the place? <laughs> well, come and shoot it. I'm shooting a PSA for a logo. I think supposedly next month. But oh, good. Yeah, but I'll do another one. You're coming out here in November, so I'm going to see you. Yeah, I'll be out there for the USAC. Uh, are you going to uh, spend some time and come up here and see me? Yeah, totally. Okay. You might have to come down to the city. But. <coughs> oh, please. Honey, I'm working. The queen. I'm on a dollar. Presents. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not on like a cute little San Francisco vacay where I can just flit up to the wine country, honey. Just jump on the ferry and get to Larkspur. I'll pick you up in my car on the curb. <laughs> you know you know, I know the curb. I Hello. know, honey. I've been on it. I've been on it a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh funny. My. Well, John, the hour flew by. Thank you so much for uh, sitting in with us and, and, you know, helping clear things about, you know, HIV and the adult film industry because a lot of people have questions and don't know what the rules are. So I'm glad to hear that. You know, I learned a lot. Yeah, you know, that well, Cold Studios you. is practicing safe sex no matter what. I think it's important that people know that about your company. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I appreciate the opportunity. And um, I just want to get one last plug in. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cult Studio Group. Dot com. Our new website starts October 1st, and it'll be very exciting. Yay. And so, and yeah, please blog about this and like, because uh, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I lo- I'm, I'm loving, the, I can't believe an hour went by so quick. I know, right? Yeah. It's been too long, yeah. Jackie Poo. I know. Well, I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. <laughs> All right, Robert. Well, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, you too. Bye. Bye, guys. Oh, that was interesting. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and it ended up going really well. I hope I didn't go off of, like on too many asides. But no, it's I love, I love John. We talk about HIV so much within what he does, you know what I mean? So it was good to broaden the horizons and, and you know, let him plug what he has to plug and do what he's doing. He's doing great things if he's yeah. promoting safe sex. So yeah. kudos to him. There you go. Um, and he's a great guy. I love him. That's right. Uh, we're winding down to the last 30 seconds, so you can uh, join us Sunday. This Sunday um, at 9 o'clock, we'll be speaking with uh, Brian Benningston, who is an HIV-positive poet. And then next Wednesday is our last Wednesday episode of Pause I Am Radio, and we will be speaking with Tracy Williams, who is going to speak about being HIV-positive, married, and a, and a parent. 
So that's always interesting to, you know, because a lot of people think that that can't happen. So join us for then. And then October 1st on, we will be only on Sunday evenings at 9. Um, me, Jack, and Jeremy will be on one night a week. So that ought to be interesting. <laughs> and you can find out more information about Jack at jackmackenross.com and more information on me and the POSIM community at POSIM.com. Jack, have a great week, and I'll talk to you in a week. All right, babe. Be good. Have a good show. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.